Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Dimensions of Greatness podcast. I am your full of the power of God, full of the presence of God host, Felicia Atlas. And I just want to share a dimension of greatness with you today. God has been revealing himself in a grand way and just wanting me to share that with you, wanting everyone to be encompassed by his glory, wanting everyone to share and what he's doing in this time and in this season through a spirit and power of revelation today, a prophetic mandate, a prophetic release. Today, we're going to get into some wonderful things. I'm going to first start off by thanking my listeners from Germany and Russia. Um, I was notified over the weekend of the many, 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 many downloads from Russia and from Germany. And I thank God. I give God all the praise, glory, and honor for what he's doing all over the world. I mean, I've just been blown away. I'm very, very, very gracious and grateful for the expansion and the exposure of the Dimensions of Greatness podcast. All we do is talk about the glory of God, the greatness of God, the possibilities in God, the revelation, dimensions, um, opportunities, and um, expectations in the realm of the spirit. That's what we're talking about. That's what God has established us for. So I am excited. Anyone, anyone, anyone that is looking to do something magnificent in God, looking to let your light shine, that people would glorify your father who is in heaven. Anyone that's looking to establish themselves as a trumpet, as a pillar of excellence and um, dominion in the earth realm through the power of God. Share this podcast with them. Let them know that we're sharing revelation, that there's a wealth of knowledge and information. And I just want to also ask that you guys continue to keep me in prayer, that I will continue to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to release powerful words of revelation for such a time as this. God is sharing great things. God is sharing awesome things. He's sharing his presence in such a way. And I am very proud to be called a child of the most high God on this Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope that your weekend was great. Mine was great. Um, I've been trying to eat healthy lately and, um, Uh, But my mother and I, um, she's long distance. She's in another state. But we always, for the last maybe seven or eight weeks, we cook the same thing on Sundays. And um, I told her, you know, I can't cook um, with you anymore. We can't have our cooking dates anymore because I'm trying to eat a little bit more healthy, trying to prepare myself for um, a new season and um, just have a healthier lifestyle um, because we're used to cooking all the best of the best. you know, we do our greens and that's, you know, every Sunday we do our mac and cheese. We do our, our roast and our um, <laughs> steak and chicken and just, we just do all kinds of stuff. Whatever we have a taste for, that's what we cook on Sundays. Sundays are our days to give God glory and we always honor the Lord with a meal. And since, um, you know, she's long distance, we we um, plan throughout the week what we're going to cook. She said, I'm making the meal up. I said, I'm making the meal up. Okay, let's do it. And we do everything from scratch. And it's just a great experience. But I told her I wasn't going to be able to do it anymore because of my um, awakening to a new lifestyle change. <laughs> and then... Um, I said, you know what? But I have a turkey leg in the freezer. And um, she said, well, you can eat that, which I should have known. That was like a terrible idea as I had this huge turkey leg. And um, I'm a great cook, by the way. I know I've I've mentioned that before. And um, 
so I did the turkey leg because she said she was going to do a pot roast. And I said, I'm not eating any red meat right now. Um, I'm just going to stick to chicken and fish. And she said, but you can make the turkey leg. And I said, why did I do the turkey leg? Because I had to put the turkey leg, boiled it and put it in the pinto beans. And because I had pinto beans, I had to have cornbread with that. And because I had cornbread, I had to do a sweet potato. Then I had a sweet potato. I had to do the cabbage. And I had to put the, all the boiling meat in the cabbage. The meal turned out so good. I know the Lord sprinkled the oil of Aaron on that meal. It was delicious. <laughs> so now that I have leftovers, because it's just me, and I always cook, um, you know, enough for two days, um, but I, I do live alone. So um, I have all these leftovers, and I said, I'm not eating that. The devil is a lie. I did it on Sunday. I'm not going to do it again. But um, how many know that I can't wait to finish this podcast so I can go warm up a plate? <laughs> and then I'm getting back to my clean um my, my clean eating, my, my, my vegetables and stuff like that. So um, I just wanted to share a little bit of, of personal information with you guys about my weekend. Um, Saturday was blessed. As you know, I'm part of the Harvest Christian Ministry. And um, Saturday night was my night to lead the prayer. We had a beautiful time in prayer. Um, we have prayer every night. Um, you can visit uh, the Harvest Christian website to get that information. Um, if you ever want to have prayer, they have nightly prayer, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time every single day, seven days of the week led by Apostle Zanetta Atlas, who is my pastor and also my sister. So we do that every night. And um, that's what, what my weekend was like, just prayer Friday night, Saturday night, last night. And um, I did a lot of study preparing for the word today. I'm excited about the word today. I'm excited because God has released a special dimension of greatness for this word. And the thing that makes it special is not that I'm special, it's that I'm learning. So it's special to me because he's revealing himself to me and it's drawing us closer together and, and causing us to be able to communicate in such a great way. So before the podcast this morning, I had a great praise break. Like I always say, mix your word with your praise, mix your worship with your praise, mix your praise with your worship. It's a great combination, a great fulfillment formula to get the power of God moving, activating pushing you into a particular purpose, pushing you into a realm of greatness, pushing you beyond your limits. You've got to have that threefold cord. It's not easily broken. It's the praise. It's the worship. It's the word. So um, I just wanted to share some, um, some things that I do, which my prayer time and my worship time is, is very intimate. But I had an old school praise break today. And um, by old school, I mean that Sometimes you got to stomp your foot. Sometimes you got to stomp your foot. I don't know who this is for, but don't try to be cute when you get in the presence of God because the power of God is not a cute thing. It's a powerful thing. And so when the power of God takes over you, sometimes you got to get that old fashioned stomp. I don't even know why it's old fashioned. It shouldn't be old fashioned. It should be current. We should always clap our hands, stomp our feet. We should always be in a posture to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. When the spirit of God is upon you, let him have his way. Let him slay you. Let him cause you to dance before the Lord. Just send up a spirit of praise. If you knew what your praise looked like in the heavenly realms, if you knew that you had the power to dispatch angels through your praise, if you knew that the angels were clapping behind you, if you knew the angels were worshiping with you, you would go insane for the Lord. So let's just keep that in mind this week as we go into another week of potential in God and purpose in God. Let us be mindful that the Lord is present. He's ever present. His heavenly host, his angelic host, the power of his might is always in the midst of us. Let's just get right on into this word today because today we're still talking about 
Dominion. I know you guys are like, she's still talking about Dominion, but I promise you that there's a purpose for what I'm talking about. There is a procedure and there's a will um, that God has for your life that he wants to unclothe. So I want to hear from you guys. Let me know how you feel about the delivery of the podcast, how you feel about the messages, the level of revelation. Can I go deeper? Is it too deep? Let me know and I will um, adjust accordingly um, so that everyone is um, fulfilled in the word and receiving the substance that God has for your life. Let's just get right on into it. I want everybody to be able to acknowledge the presence of God, the purpose that he has, and then I want you to be able to utilize that purpose through a system of power. And today we're going to talk about that system of power. The word of God says that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we're going to shake ourselves today. We're going to open ourselves up for the power of God to take over through the power of revelation. We're rebuking every devil, every demon, every hindrance, every setback, every spirit of opposition that's coming against the movement of God in our lives. We stay the hand of the enemy by the power of God today in the name of Jesus. And we command that he would have no more further movement, but that the purposes of God would be established in our life in Jesus name. Let's get into this word today. Last week we talked about your design. God has a design. He has an architectural anointing. What did I mean by that? As I was talking about dimension, Levi part four last week, Levi, Levi is the third son. This is the fifth episode talking about Levi. Last week was episode number four and I talked about the architectural design. How did I know I was going to talk about an architectural design? I had no idea, but the Lord, we all know that um, the Lord says that the number four represents building. So it was only spiritual to talk about building on the fourth teaching of the tribe of Levi. Simeon, Levi, Reuben, those are not just sons of Jacob. Jacob is not just a son of Isaac. Isaac is not just the son of Abraham. Abraham is not just the progenitor of the blessing. There are graces that we have to utilize to be powerful and to be um, obedient to what God has in store for us. There is a system of obedience, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. But last week, Levi number four, I talked about how God's covenant is with Levi. I read that from the book of Malachi. You can search it and find that the covenant, just like there was an Ark of the Covenant, just like there was promises delivered to Noah when the world was destroyed, God began to set up a, set up a new system. He began to set up a new way, a new mechanism after he flooded the earth. He flooded the earth. He sent the dove. He sent the um, uh, ways and, and methods to reestablish the earth through the rainbow, through the covenant and all those wonderful things with Noah. But there were different dispensations throughout the time, throughout the history. And so when he got to Abraham, he said that he was going to release a blessing. He was going to release promises. He was going to establish himself in the midst of the people of Israel and be, and cause them to be a people, cause them to be a holy generation, cause them to be a chosen generation, a, a, a holy, holy people, um, a royal priesthood and a peculiar people. I'm sorry. And so God did that. He kept his word. He kept his promise. But throughout that time, we've gotten away from the promise. We've gotten away from the expectation. We've gotten away. And even in the books, um, you know, Exodus, Exodus and Deuteronomy, the Lord tells Moses that my people will leave this truth. My people will stray from what is supposed to keep the covenant strong, keep the bond, keep the unity. Where there is unity, he commands the blessing. But the people of God got away from that covenant. And God is saying, Jew and Gentile, through the power of the Holy Spirit in the death, burial, and resurrection, the promise is still intact. 
The covenant is still effective. The power of God is still available for those that will seek and hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. But there are revelations that have to be released to cause the people of God to operate in these truths. So last night I read Ephesians 2.19. It says, now therefore you are no more strangers, no more foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. What does that mean? That means that we have access. We have access, but the Bible, if you look at this scripture closely, Ephesians 2 and 19, 19, uh, 20 and 21, it talks about the household of God. It talks about Christ being the chief cornerstone. So we know that Christ is not sitting at the end of a building as a, as a chief stone. We know that he's not sitting there. But so this is a spiritual picture painting the access and availability in the kingdom of God. Christ is the chief cornerstone. There is a household of God. So last week I talked about that household being a governmental structure established through Simeon, the second son. Number two means to impart. It means a spirit of impartation. So Simeon represents the availability of impartation. That's why he was not fully allowed to uh, gain uh, the permissive will of Jacob because he went in and altered um, the um, the process and the and the and the uh, intent of God when He went into Shechem and killed Shechem and hindered that city from being a city of, of peace and it was supposed to be a place of reward for Jacob. They went in and hindered the blessing. Simeon and Levi together. So when God, when Jacob was giving the promises and the blessings to the children of Israel and he was releasing the blessings to the twelve sons or to the eleven sons. He told Simeon and Levi that their blessing, he gave them their prophetic word together. So you have 12 children and out of the 12 sons, two of them get their prophetic word together. When God gives us a prophetic word, he gives it to us individually. And uh, he can give it to us corporately. But when he speaks to us about our lives, about a blessing, that blessing is for us. And so, but in this particular situation, he's releasing this, their blessing, their future, their responsibility through a prophetic word through Jacob. And he gives it to Simeon and Levi together, meaning in the future, in 2021, there's still going to be a responsibility to wrestle with the spirit from Shechem. So I'm going to set up a governmental structure, a household where you're going to pull those blessings from because the blessing is still in Shechem. That structure was still established in Shechem. That's why Joseph was tossed into the pit in Shechem. Joseph was also buried in Shechem. So that is very important, but that's the second son, Simeon. So when you come to Levi, in order to roll away the reproach from what they did in Shechem, going in there and killing everyone and taking the cattle, taking the women, taking the assets um, behind their father's back, that treachery, he says that they will be instruments of cruelty, that cruelty that they put upon the blessing, upon the potential of the blessing. They had to roll it away. And so God told the Levites that they would be buried of the anointing. They would be responsible for a system of administration to make sure that, oh, you want to come and destroy the promises of God and you want to hinder the word of God that I've spoken over the people of Israel and over your father, Jacob. Okay. So now you're going to be responsible to reconnect the promise of God to the people of God. And so that's what happened to the tribe of Levi. That's how the anointing was primarily 
governed by them. The word govern, govern, govern means to rule over or to manage or to monitor. How do you rule over, manage, and monitor an anointing? I've never heard of this. I've never heard that you have to rule, manage. Yes, you do. The anointing is a purpose in God that reflects the will of God and it has to be governed appropriately. But if you don't know the history behind it and why it's important, you will not only neglect your potential in God, but you will neglect the word of God itself because you're reading the word, you're praying, you're fasting, but you don't know that all of that came through Jesus the Christ. Jesus is his name. Christ is his purpose. So the anointing is his purpose. So whenever you see Jesus Christ in the word of God, person, purpose, person, purpose, they go hand in hand. Remember I said the number two means to impart. So Jesus Christ, two names, two identities, two wills, the person and the purpose go together. So God is saying, I have to reestablish the system that was given originally to the 12 sons of Jacob through Reuben, through Simeon, uh, through Levi, through Judah, and so on and so forth. But I have to make it tangible for my people. So I'm going to send a sacrifice. His name will be Jesus. He'll be the anointed one. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So let's just get into the word of God since I've already given you a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. I just wanted to clear up last week. We talked about Levi building a house. God is building a house. He's building a purpose in you. Christ is the chief cornerstone. Creation, creativity, identity, that's the first part of your promise. That for, That's the first part of your blessing. That comes through Reuben. Reuben is the firstborn of Jacob. He's the first promise. God said, I promise you, you'll be, you'll have $10 million over the next 24 months. That first that first uh, blessing being released, maybe it's a million, maybe it's 500,000, that's the first promise. So when God says you're gonna complete a book, that first chapter or the first book that you sell, that's the first birthing forth of the promise that he told you you would fulfill through that book. Or God is telling you that you will have children and you haven't been able to have children. That first, that if he says you'll have 10 children, that first child is representing the tribe of Reuben. It's the initiation of revealing the purpose, revealing the blessing. So then you have Simeon, that blessing will be housed in a governmental structure. That's what Simeon represents. Shechem, it represents the gate. It represents the promises of God. And so ever since Shechem was established as a place to go in and out and um, either submit to God or submit to the works of the flesh, it, there's been a wrestle for those thousands of years. Even to this day, the enemy will use a spirit of Shechem to cause you to miss the blessing of God. So that's why you have to be able to govern over your anointing and govern over your purpose. Then Levi is the third son, the number three meaning to establish. God establishes his word through the anointing in the tribe of Levi to attach the anointing to your life, attach the anointing to your business. You have a great business, but the business has not flourished because you haven't put the anointing on it. The anointing is the ump that will cause a spirit of influence, a spirit of miracles, a spirit of abounding and flourishing to rest upon your business, rest upon your ministry. People wonder how come this isn't happening? How come that isn't happening? Because of this particular system that I am discussing. You keep trying to climb in God. You keep trying to do this in God. You keep trying to go forward in the work of God and you're seeing no results because God does not move outside of his word. That's why there are people established in the realm of the earth to share what is the word of the Lord for this particular issue. My particular gifting is marketplace anointing. My particular gifting is uh, revealing apostolic methods to establish the ways of God in the realm of the earth. So third son, Levi, third meaning to establish, God said, 
I will establish my covenant with Levi. And that's what he did. What do you mean? That's what he did. That's what he did. God will birth something in you. He'll birth a blessing. He'll birth a promise. Then he will mature that blessing through a governmental structure because that's where it's managed. That's where it's, that's where you develop. That's where you develop. It's an incubation phase, if you will, but it's through a governmental structure. And then he will activate it. Number three, Levi, when he attaches the anointing to that blessing, just because you have a blessing doesn't mean the anointing is on that blessing. Just because you meet someone doesn't mean that God has put the anointing on that for you two to join and marry. God is still developing that, that union. And so that's what attach means. It means that God is going to attach his purpose to this particular ministry, to this particular idea, to this particular business, okay? So today we're talking about being smeared for a purpose. The anointing means to smear. We all know that. This is Levi part five. We're talking about being smeared for a purpose. Smeared. What does smeared means? What have you ever smeared something? Smeared lotion, smeared something to saturate. That's what the anointing means. The anointing means to smear. So today we're talking about being smeared for a purpose, but we're taking it to the next level. We're not just smearing for a purpose. You're being submerged in a purpose. What do you mean you're being submerged? We're not being smeared. We don't have to be smeared anymore. Now we can be submerged. How is that, Felicia? Matthew chapter 11, verse 10. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face. He, he will prepare the way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, the violence taken by force. I'm going to share this scripture in a profound way. You've never probably heard it shared in this way before. Now, how can John be how can John be greater than any woman? How? Number one, I just said that Levi means to attach. Boom. John is from the tribe of Levi. Revelation alert. John is from the tribe of Levi. Boom. He is from the tribe that attaches the anointing to the covenant, to the promise. It brings everything together. It brings cohesion. So John is baptizing. He's baptizing. He's baptizing. He's waiting for the Lord to come. He's waiting for the Lord to come. He's baptizing. He's preparing the way. He's preparing the way. And so when he sees Jesus... He baptizes him after Jesus. He doesn't baptize anymore. Why is that? Because when that system took place and was established, the number three, when it was established, John is from the tribe of Levi. This is thousands of years after Moses. This is New Testament. He baptizes Jesus in the system. Jesus dies releasing that system to us. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven will suffer violence. How is that? Because after the third son, Levi, comes the fourth son. Who's the fourth son? The fourth son is Judah. What does Judah represent? Judah represents the kingdom. So John number three is taking the number four anointing, meaning the tribe of Judah, the kingdom anointing, the royal anointing. I'm baptizing it. Jesus will die on the cross and release that system so that everyone can be a partaker. What do you mean? Well, let me share a little bit more. There's an anointing, there's a purpose, and there is a responsibility to administer. Once you have an anointing, you have to administer. There is no holding back. There is no keeping it to yourself. There is no anointing that's just for you. God attaches his covenant to you through the anointing, through the tribe of Levi, even now, thousands of years later, to convert your purpose into a kingdom anointing. Every purpose has to be converted into kingdom. You teach well, you teach students, but 
There's no anointing on your life because you haven't submitted to the fact that Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That way you could be a world renowned teacher. Once the royal anointing is on you, it will cause you to flourish and it will baptize you in a Holy Ghost anointing so that your ministry can take off in a miraculous way through teaching. But you're fine teaching first grade. You're just fine with that. You don't want a dimension of greatness. You don't want to submit to what the anointing can do. You do hair, but you don't want to minister when people come in there and get their hair done. You're fine with getting the, the, the payment to, to do a hairstyle and you don't want God to expand it to where your hair uh, salon will be in every city in the world because God put the anointing on it because you submitted it to the kingdom anointing so it can become royal. The Bible says one, two, three, four. Number one, you will be a chosen generation. These are the chosen. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, all the 12 tribes. Then what is number two? He said you will be a holy nation. What is? What do you mean a holy nation? Yeah, you're going to become holy when you submit to this process. Number three, you will be a, uh, I'm sorry, a royal priesthood. What do you mean a royal priesthood? You will walk in royalty. So we try to operate in the purpose of God and we try to fulfill the things of God in our life minus royalty. How can you do that? If Jesus had to ascend into glory, we have to ascend into glory in the earth. We have to transition from what John did from the baptism into a royal glory. I'm getting into Judah. We're not talking about Judah, but as I close out Levi and go into Judah next week, we're going to be talking about the filtration system of the royal anointing of God. Anointing means to smear, but God said, I'm going to go above and beyond into a dimension of greatness. No longer will we smear the anointing. We're not going to smear smite you with the anointing. We're not going to rub it on you. We're going to baptize you in it. You're, you will be submerged. That's why it's important that if you get baptized in water, when you get baptized in water, that you are fully submerged because you're representing the system that God ordained. That's why John the Baptist was beheaded. He was beheaded because the system being established through the baptism, they tried to stop that. Who tried to stop it? A king? A king tried to stop the availability and the option of anointing another king because he couldn't stop this spiritual king, he couldn't stop the spiritual system. They didn't even know that Jesus was king. They didn't even believe it, but they knew something was going on and they had to get ahead of it. The spirit of Shechem trying to get ahead of the blessing. Remember I talked about the spirit of Shechem. This is how John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit at birth. He had to be filled with the Holy Who, listen, John the Baptist was born with the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist was born. The Bible says he will be filled with the Spirit in the womb he had the Holy Ghost. Because when he's born, he has to carry the weight of the anointing to be able to establish a system. And so all the gifts of the Spirit were already in him. He released them to Jesus. See, this is the system of going from Levi to Judah. And we're going to transition to Judah. Why is Judah important? The kings come from Judah. King David, Solomon, and so on and so forth. Now, how do you know, Felicia? How do you know? You want to know how I know that this is the word of God? The kingdom of God in the Bible was split in the Old Testament. It went from the kingdom of Israel to the kingdom of Israel and Judah. Why did it split? Because the kingdom of Israel represents the kingdom that was established first through the promises of God that told Jacob, you will have many, many descendants. That promise was established through a governmental order through the 12 sons of Jacob. But then God said that glory, 
that anointing will be converted into a kingdom anointing. That priest anointing will be converted unto the kingdom anointing. What do you mean? The Bible says that Melchizedek was both priest. The system that is established by Melchizedek, he is priest and king. I'm going to talk more about that as we get into Judah next week, but I just wanted everybody to know that there is a system that will increase your faith, increase your purpose. It will submerge you in the purposes of God, in the will of God, and we will be able to do great things. The Bible says, according to your faith being unto you. We had a little bit of technical difficulty with the podcast today, so I'm just going to end it here, but I want everyone to go back and study the scriptures and reflect on uh, what was discussed today. I want you to send me an email to um, Felicia F-E-L-I-C-I-A at Dallas Boss D-A-L-L-A-S-B-O-S-S dot com. Tell me what you think. Um, tell me what you think of the podcast. Tell me where you're listening from. Thank you again to Russia and Germany for sharing over 40 episodes over the weekend. I really, really, really appreciate you listening all over the world. Philippines, Pakistan, Nigeria, Guyana. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a blessed week. Have a dimension of greatness. God be with you and do great things in the Lord in Jesus name.